Welcome to the Housewife of Horrors podcast. And welcome back. Sorry about the delay that we had two weeks ago. Just there was a lot of work going on and I just wasn't prepared and that's my fault. So thank you for returning. And this week we have a listener request. This is Danica's suggestion. She has thrown a couple in the hat before and she always sends out a good one. And this one is no different. It is The Butcher of Tompkins Square Park, which takes place in like 1989. But before we get into that, my ever faithful companion, Evil from 3B Video is here. Say hello, Evil. Greetings, internet cretins. And our other friend Chelsea is here. She's here because she was working on the car with us, and <laughs> it's like, hey, you want to record with us? So she, here she is, Chelsea. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> She's our resident uh, Satanist expert today. Yeah, 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 that too. So she, she, this does dabble in some Satanism. I couldn't Spoiler. really. Spoiler. Oh yeah, I couldn't find. What did I do with my phone? Okay, I need that because there's something I screenshotted for this and we're gonna need that so without further ado before we get into this twisted tale of murder and more here's a bit of backstory it's about a guy named daniel rakowitz he was born in fort leonard Wood, missouri in 1960 he had kind of a traumatic childhood his mother would pass away from a heart attack right in front of him when he was just three years old just like three four months after that his dad remarries his mom's sister so now he has an aunt mommy Ew. keep it all in the family uh, <laughs> That's nasty. So, dad, aunt, mommy, and him. <laughs> kind of like some Bill and Ted. Like, You're your own stepdad. <laughs> his dad and him didn't see eye to eye growing up, and he had some mental issues, and his dad had taken him to a few mental institutions where he was subject to shock treatment. In about 1979, when he was 19, he enlisted in the Army. He was there for about 14 weeks. He became an expert rifleman in this time. All right, this is where shit started getting a little weird. Like, I started kind of falling down a rabbit hole of this guy's fucking weirdness. So in 1983... Hey, I was born that year. He says that he has dreams and visions of him having, quote, total possession of a 14-year-old girl who he will marry. From his ramblings, it sounds like he thought she was part of like his life plan, I guess, sort of say. I I guess if you're having visions and dreams of somebody, you think, oh, this is going to be part of my future, my plan. I'm guessing that's what his thought process was, why he was so interested in this 14-year-old girl, which he does find. We'll get into that. I couldn't find much about this time in his life with the 14 year old but I did find one article that stated she testified in his trial I won't say what kind of trial I mean we'll get to it that we don't have the details of the well that she did say that she was 14 when they were married so the fact of him marrying a 14 year old girl is verified by this woman at his trial later on so in 1984-85 when he was about 24-25 he moved to the east village neighborhood of new york where this whole story goes down Everything that I read about 
this guy all kind of say the same thing, that he was weird, he was eccentric, he had this god-type complex, he was very strange, he always spoke about making a cult. So after seeing this general consensus, I found an article from Daniel's roommate at the time of the murder, and her name is Sylvia. You know what? Sylvia knows too much. I'm just going to say she that. Knew too much. We're going to get into why <laughs> I, I make that comment, because she tells a really great story in this article, and she has insider detail. However, no charges were ever brought against her, but I keep getting ahead of myself. Her name's <laughs> Sylvia, and she first met Daniel in late 1987 when he was a drug dealer selling pot in Washington Square Park. So over the years, she kind of buys pot from him. They get to talk and hanging out. They become friends, and in 1989, he was spending his nights in Tompkins Square Park when Sylvia agreed to let him move in with her and her boyfriend, his name's Sean, for half the rent, which his half of the rent at the time was $250. Like I said, he was dealing, but he was also a part-time cook, which is an important detail in this. Any thoughts so far, anybody? So, wait, so the couple pays half the rent and he pays the other half the rent? It's not split three ways? The one three <laughs> Man, ways? That, the one, ho- are, that's what you, you're hung up on. If you're homeless. <laughs> so far, Yes. <laughs> I mean, you're I'm homeless. still hung up on 14-year-old bride, but, you know, whatever. I have to let that go. <laughs> you know, Ed Poe did it, so it's okay. Sure. <laughs> At least it's not I just cousin. want I just want a fair shake on the rent. After Mama Aunt 14's not bad. But if bad. you're homeless, sleeping in a fucking park, are you going to take half the rent or just continue sleeping in the park? I mean, but, I'm like, but literally, am I paying half of the rent and there's, between them two are splitting the other half? Or is Beggars it Beggars can't be choosers. Two hundred and nineteen eighty seven. It's not terrible. No, we need the inflation calendar. Evil looked that up <laughs> as I go on. So, Daniel... What, wait, what am I inflating? 1989, 250 bucks. Okay, I am on it. Okay, so Daniel moves in with Sylvia and her boyfriend, Sean, like I said, on July 7th, 1989. This timeline goes very fast. Like, Beats this is not pounds. a long story at all, but it's <laughs> fucked up. What they don't make in longevity, they make for in fucked up in this. So and that's an what, escalated quickly situation. Very <laughs> much so. Okay, that inflation is $582.88, so so their that's rent's a little over a thousand dollars a month in New York. That's divided not by, bad, bro. Divided by three, it should be a hundred ninety-four dollars. So not much difference. Once again, beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> Moving on. Otherwise, well, they got to pay two hundred ninety-one dollars while he pays two hundred ninety-one. I think you're fixating on the wrong part of the story. So while living there, he would also panhandle at the local grocery store, and he would come home with bags of groceries that people had generously bought him. He would end up cooking up all that food, like soups and meats and potatoes and shit like that, and he would take it to the homeless people in Tompkins Square. He was doing this like two, three times a week. Sylvia's telling this part of the story about how he would come home with the food and they would go feed the homeless people. In this article, it's called the untold story of the Tompkins Square murder by Max Cantor and it was originally published in the Village Voice on October 10th 1989 two months after this incident goes down. Sylvia she does paint a pretty picture of his kinder side but as soon as you start to think this guy might be kind of all right and he just gets wrapped up in the wrong shit but let's be real we wouldn't be having this conversation if he wasn't either psycho or wrapped up in the wrong shit. I mean so far it sounds like a heart of gold. Yeah I haven't got bride part (laughs) i'm sorry i'm not getting past that well you focus on that i'm focusing on heart of gold and he's kind of getting fucked on the rent (laughs) 
This we go is, on. Destroy his reputation so far for me. Sylvia details how he also had delusions of grandeur and would say things like he was Lord of Lords and I'm quoting this next part. By 1996, I'm going to be president. He won't. It's Bill Clinton. And by 19... Spoiler. <laughs> and by 1992, my followers are going to take over and if they think Hitler was something, they ain't seen nothing yet. What's a Lord of Lords mm. even mean? I also forgot to mention this weird part of him. Like people described him he would hang out in Tompkin Park like selling weed but he had like a rooster on his shoulder <laughs> and quoting quotes from Mein Kampf and doing his campaign run for 96 I and mean, selling weed so he was like this so rooster perching Hitler quoting weed dealer yes yeah, so I don't care how many people he fed fuck that guy you know right <laughs> You married a 14-year-old oh. and you're a Nazi. Nah, I'm... No, fuck you. But in 2022, <laughs> that guy's got a pretty good shot of winning office somewhere. That's disgusting, but yes. <laughs> His presence and behavior got stranger, and in an unfortunate event would work out for Sylvia and Sean as he kind of is... I don't want to say this descent into madness, but as he's kind of spiraling mentally out of control, Sylvia and Sean breaks up. Sean moves out of the fucking apartment. Not long afterwards sylvia moves out however she still kind of hangs out there from time to time but they would end up like i said breaking up moving out this is around july 20th at this point not being able to afford the apartment on his own daniel's kind of freaking out because he's been homeless he doesn't want to be homeless again he at a few days later beginning of august is when he meets monica burl i hope that's how we say her last name she was a 26 year old dancer from switzerland and she was a dancer in the park where he once slept and fed the homeless so she was a dancer in the same park where he once slept she's also working at a local t- bar to make money as well so she's a topless dancer i was gonna say for a second you made it sound like she danced in the park and i was like yeah she's crazy too well (laughs) like she did some dancing in the park like ballet theater kind of shows and stuff like that in the park but her main source of income Uh was a topless dancer She did like a one-man show in the park. <laughs> See my main attraction at the Come club. Come to my tent. <laughs> That's the day, day job. Then the night job is at the club. When they met, she just happened to be looking for a place to live. And he asks her to move in. She gladly accepts. Sylvia signs the lease over to Monica, but she expresses her concern to Daniel right away about the living arrangements. She points out that since Daniel didn't want his name on anything, that the apartment is fully hers and she could kick him out without any kind of recourse or anything and she had all legal rights to do this she is just using you for this apartment he's like no man we love each other things are great it's gonna work out i'm gonna be president (laughs) that as well he argued that she cared about him as much as he cared about her and this is more than just a roommate thing sylvia was concerned because through their friendship she never saw him with a woman and now everything kind of seemed to be all about Monica. But Daniel's a grown man and his mind is made up and it's just the two of them living in this apartment. And it doesn't take long for shit to go south. Not even two weeks into it. So this puts us at about... Like going into mid August. After moving in, she's no longer romantically interested in Daniel. She's got guys coming over, and I'm assuming that she's doing these dudes. <laughs> doing the dudes. loudly to make Daniel jealous and kind of drive him away. Apparently this doesn't seem to work, but... Some Sarah Marshall shit. She's having an orgasm. (laughs) So she tells him, 
I want you out in two weeks. Daniel has nowhere to go. And once again, he's like, one of his greatest fears is being homeless again. He has said this to friends throughout his time when he was no longer homeless and was thankful to have an apartment. It's going to ruin his campaign. And, well, he begins raving one minute that he's going to kill her, but then the next minute, but I still love her. That sounds like Happy Gilmore. (laughs) Okay, I guess he didn't love her that much, because on Saturday, August 19th, 1989, not wanting to be homeless again, and he felt like she had done him dirty, which, in a way, she kind of did. She didn't deserve this, but that is fucked up to be like, oh, yeah, I love you, and then move in, and it's like, okay, now you can get the fuck out. You got two weeks to find a new place this affordable in New York. And I'm going to bone a bunch of dudes <laughs> loudly bitch. until you fucking leave. <laughs> He's crazy a, and I don't like him, but she's a bitch. Shouldn't be a problem for the Lord of Lords to find a new place to live. Just have one of your following give you a new place to live. I mean, you're three years. You gotta get all them followers going. She should be glad he doesn't know about squatter's rights because there's a whole lot more he could have done. Him and Monica, I guess they get into it. He hits her in the throat with a metal pipe hard enough to kill her. What? He hit her in the throat with a pipe. How hard hard do you have to hit somebody in the throat to kill them? How big is a pipe? That's I was I was thinking like a little metal pipe, like the in Clue, like the little (laughs) the lead pipe. That was my thought process. Just was like, okay, from behind, spinal-wise, sure. But in the throat, you got to get through all of that to hit anything that's of concern. But once you get, like, right there, you're done. Uh, no, you just... We're pointing at a, our necks. You can't see that. You need a, a how do you, tracheotomy, maybe, but... Like, how did he pull the, the... Like, did he have the lead pipe in his back pocket? Like, I think this light bulb is out. Can you see if you can... Does that light bulb look out to you? And then wait for it to look up. And like, ah! I don't know exactly how that part went down because this story is getting ready to change three, four different times. So he hits her in the throat. She's dead. He places her body in the bathtub where he proceeds to cut her into pieces. He tells police in the initial confession that he and Sylvia and this guy named Eddie who was kind of hanging out there. And Eddie is also part of this cult, which we will get into that. But Eddie... <laughs> poor Eddie. <laughs> Fuck poor Eddie. <laughs> oh, well, spoiler. I was like, okay, who he, the fuck's Eddie? Why is he getting dragged into this? So he claims that Sylvia and Eddie helped cut her up and shit. However, no charges were ever filed against those two because they both pled the fifth. They begin by cutting her head off. They drain her blood and then boil her flesh off her bones, which I read in an interview. He said that doing that made the, and this is not really my verbiage. I would never refer to somebody as meat, but he said it made the meat more manageable to deal with, I guess, because there was so much. She was a ballet dancer and a topless dancer. I can't imagine she had all that much meat on her, but I digress. Strong muscles, though. It was probably tender, though. After the flesh was removed from the bones, he he cleaned up the bones because it was in his intention to give those bones to Monica's mother. He places the bones in a five-gallon bucket of kitty litter and he hid the bucket. The fuck? I'm trying not to laugh at this because this isn't funny. <laughs> it is the dumbest idea ever, though. Like, they, why? They why kitty cat? litter? I don't know. A lot why of people oil? have a lot of people have kitty litter I'm for like, like oil spills and yeah, absorption and <laughs> put it on puke in the hallway. At school and stuff. Of what? all the things to think to put it in, though, like you're like, well, you know, it works for oil spills. Why not bones? <laughs> Here, mom. Here's some bones covered in fucking kitty litter. <laughs> I, I wouldn't think that would fit a five gallon thing. I'm like, that's not going to be. It's not a room. Not enough room for a whole skeleton. 
I mean, just the bones, maybe not a whole corpse. But... Okay, so I don't he... think that lid's gonna seal. <laughs> he has hidden the bones. She was tiny. All right, so ballet you... dancer. Remember, right? She's like five three, five four. I mean, we're talking about a petite woman. Yeah, that's woman nothing. Here. That reminds me of my roommate. We're not talking tiny. about me over here Still, at like five nine. Your bones are the same as her bones. <laughs> no, they're not. She's my taller. bones are longer because I'm taller. It's the same <laughs> amount of bones. <laughs> No, it's not. This is like your daughter's size, man. <laughs> right. After he hides the bucket, which we'll get into where he hid it later, he goes on to cook her up into a soup, which he mm. feeds to the homeless people of Tompkins Square Park, the same park where he was once homeless and the same park where he cooked up multiple meals to feed the homeless that were still there. So no suspicion. Sylvia says that she went up later that night in the apartment. This is like her involvement. And how she has no charges against her is still a mystery. It's a bad time to mention I'm actually really hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Just no soup. No soup for you. Sylvia says she went up to the apartment later the same night and she saw a pot on the stove with Monica's head in it and she described it as, quote, all burnt up and her eyes were closed. Well, after the incident goes down, Daniel is not discreet by any means. He'll talk to anybody who will listen. He talks openly about how he fucking kills her. He tasted the soup. It was, yeah. I, what you're giving, kind of soup do you make? Okay, but hold on. I'm thinking like... A uh, tomato bisque? <laughs> hold on. Like vegetable beef soup? Back to him being president. <laughs> He's sounding awfully Trumpy because not very intelligent. <laughs> Okay, so he is just talking to everybody. Quite a few people thought that it was just kind of more of his mad rantings, but rumors start to swirl that he did kill Monica and fed her to the homeless. A couple of rumors that I read, and one of these I read that it happened at trial, but then somebody said that that was a myth that it did that this person didn't say it. So either way, this turns out to be a rumor. But one of the homeless that ended up getting a bowl of soup said he found a fingertip in his soup, and then another person reported that Daniel tasted the soup and told him that it tasted pretty good. I mean, humans supposed to taste like what, pork? I mean, I like a good pork loin. I'm not going to not pull pork. I don't feel like you could really tell the difference if you didn't know. Mr. Chumley shit, I know that. (laughs) Of course, he wasn't feeding people squid and then all of a sudden it turns to juicy fucking steaks. That's a (laughs) Tales from the Crypt deep cut. (laughs) Yes. So once police got involved, the investigation began on September 8th. Do we know how the police got involved? Yes. I was getting ready to get to that. So after somebody called the police and reported the murder, like somebody didn't take it as this guy's fucking mad rantings. They were like, hey, I think this is something that needs to be looked into. I ain't seen this chick in a while, so I think he's not lying. This guy's a terrible comedian. (laughs) He was arrested at work on September 13th. What did he do for work? He was a part-time cook. You don't remember? Remember, that's important. That's how he knew how to make the soup. <laughs> I thought that was volunteer work. No. Oh, the, that was no, his when job he would go rent. panhandle at the grocery store, people would buy him groceries or yeah. he would take that money and go buy some groceries and then cook all of that up and do the good Samaritan work there. Oh, okay. But he was so also he was also a part-time cook to make 
his fucking money. I thought it was all him just being a drug dealer is how he got money. I thought the food was all... Uh, well, like... sometimes, you know, when people are broke and they can't afford their weed, you got to get your money somewhere. So what do you do? Bada boom, bada bing, you're a part-time cook. You'd feel like that would be a reverse. If you're not getting <laughs> enough money as your normal job, then you sell some weed. Not with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is ass backwards. That's not, that's not, that's not how the Lord of Lords works. <laughs> <laughs> so Daniel admits to police that, yes, he did kill her. Yes, he did dismember her. However, he fully denies turning her into a soup for the homeless. That's ridiculous. You're like, yeah, that part's just, that's going too far. <laughs> I'll admit to murder, but not cooking. I don't know where y'all getting this crazy shit, but that's not what I do. So his admittance will change throughout this. Later on, he'll state that he didn't kill her, but he knows who did, and he's not allowed to say that, like I said, this guy changes his story. He should have started with that. Who said he did it? <laughs> Again, oh, and ass then backwards. <laughs> later, he admitted that he hit her in the throat, and he admitted to his part in cutting her up, but nothing more. He didn't kill her or make her into soup, but he did hit her, and there was some cuts made. Dude can't get a shit straight. Right. He also takes the police to the bucket of bones, and they are in a locker at the Port Authority bus station. You know, Sounds like a bad horror movie, Bucket of Bones. The one that you know, was supposed to be for the mom to get that he never apparently got around to. Once he got caught and the bones were discovered, now those bones can be shipped to the mom in Switzerland. So he planned on getting caught at some point? I don't know. I, get, I mean, <laughs> when you got a bucket of bones, that's going to turn up somehow. Remember how when we worked at Target, they would do those frequent locker checks to make sure everybody was like turning in their keys? and shit. They find bucket of bones in your locker one day? <laughs> no, but they wanted everybody to turn their keys in or they were going to go into the lockers anyway and rekey it. Why wouldn't the Port Authority bus station do the same thing? Like, okay, this locker's been closed for like a fucking year. Every time we do checks, maybe we need to open it and rekey it because somebody just locked it, took the key and called it a day. That's totally uh, my thought process. Maybe, sidebar, maybe that's why they stopped serving hamburgers to team members there. On the secret menu. Why? Because people were hiding hamburgers in the lockers? No, someone someone's getting killed and served up as food. <laughs> someone saw the Lord of Lords here and was like I don't know. I mean weird people did go to Target, so <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast though. <laughs> That'll be the next next episode. I kind of feel stupid for saying somebody was hiding hamburgers in the locker. <laughs> No, bones. <laughs> Look at the bones! <laughs> Let me get myself together. So, okay, Meanwhile, this back, is... Back to our future presidential candidate. Right. This is where I, I say here, he testified at his trial, and I have to read my screenshots. <laughs> I'm reading this word for word. On August 19th, Burl told Rakowitz, so friends, that they had to leave, Rakowitz testified. In response to Burl's threats, one of Rakowitz's friends, Randy Easterday, told Burl, I'm not Daniel. You don't know who you're fucking with, according to Rakowitz. Rakowitz, Daniel, I'm just going to say Daniel. Okay, so Daniel said that when Monica later returned with the building superintendent, known by local tenants as Crazy Dave, <laughs> <laughs> I can't 
Great. <laughs> Sounds name. like a carpet dealer. <laughs> uh, she asked the super if he was going to get Rakowitz's friends out of the apartment. After Dave asked Daniel for a joint, Burl became angry at the superintendent and told him, I just got through fucking you, so you better get them out of there, Rakowitz testified. Daniel said everyone in the room began laughing at Monica. According to Daniel, Monica then tore her blouse and told people in the room she was going to tell police that, quote, you had raped me. According to Daniel's testimony, Dave then said, should I go ahead and kill this bitch? Dave then put Monica in a chokehold and later Randy Easterday got up to put a metal rod against Monica's windpipe, Daniel said. Afterwards, two people in the room left and Rakowitz and Easterday went on smoking weed. Me and Randy continued smoking pot thinking nothing of it, said Daniel. I was just thinking she was going to be really angry when she wakes back up. But Monica never woke back up. Rakowitz said she died while he was out delivering marijuana to a customer. So he was doing DoorDash shit. Back Before, in hell yeah, man. He Door was revolutionary. Yo, yeah. Lord of Lords, they got those best ideas. I'm, he is on track. Some half baked shit. So that I was his. Empty pipes? That was his testimony I as to it what to happened. in the throat with. You know, the little lead pipe like that was in the game of Clue. Yeah. Is that bigger? So on February 22nd, 1991, he was found not guilty by reason of insanity. After he was found not guilty, he makes a statement to the jury. Fooled you. I'm not expecting anything, like, oh, amazing. I'm, this is going to be a great speech. <laughs> this is, this is. He goes, I hope we can share a joint together someday. I won't fault you all for this. The prosecution has an overwhelming case against me, but I'll be getting out soon, and I'll sell a lot of marijuana so I can bring to justice the people who actually committed this crime, end quote. Heart of gold. He was ordered to Kirby Forensic Psychiatric Center for the Criminally Insane. I think that's appropriate. <laughs> I think that's Shutter Island. In 1992, police reopened this case. I mentioned this guy earlier, Randy Easterday. Police opened this case because they keep getting tips that members of Daniel's cult helped in the murder. This is when the cult part comes into this. One of the police theories was was that Daniel and members, Randy Easterday being one of them, Such a great name. <laughs> killed Monica for a satanic ritual. He created his own religion called the Church of 966, but these members were members of this church called the Church of the Realized Fantasy, which practiced out of a storefront in the East Village. And one member of the cult describes the cult as a communal marijuana sex church, where members would use drugs together and have sex. And I mean, they, It's not a cult until there's a sex cult. A sex part of it. They also studied practices and beliefs of Aleister Crowley, and they killed a lot of chickens and wrote stuff on the wall and blood with chicken blood. And what they write on the wall? Like Church of Nine Six Six or whatever the fuck they write on walls. I don't know. It's I'm not a Satanist. You. I'm not there. Probably pentagrams and super shit that everybody thinks they should write on the walls. Dan was <laughs> like, here. Member Randy Easterday was arrested in '92 as an accessory to Monica's murder. Police claim that Randy held 
helped take turns in stabbing her and then assisted in the disposal of the body. He was also found not guilty by reason of insanity. Let's see, that happened in 92. I didn't give a specific date then, but I did find an article in April of 92. The headline said, Easter Day Freed from Prison, New York DA Short on Evidence. I couldn't read beyond that due to a paywall, but apparently Randy is a free man. That's sketch. Right, the right. Man. You know, you can apparently <clears throat> assist in making somebody into soup and uh, you're a free Sell man. a lot of weed and... <laughs> and have, be batshit crazy and smoke weed and have sex in a storefront in the east village this guy was living his best east life village. <laughs> it's the place to be man <laughs> i mean i feel like this guy is a revolutionary because that whole speech about i'm gonna sell lots of marijuana to find the real killer so yeah. get some straight up oj simpson Why writing don't me. detectives do that apparently that's how you find them you sell a lot of weed <laughs> Well, fast forward a little bit. In 1995, Daniel went through another a battery of psychological tests to determine if he was to remain at Kirby Psychiatric Center. He's got a year to get his fucking uh, campaign in order. <laughs> He's got less than that, man. <laughs> you know they start doing that two years before. you got to wrap shit up quick here. <laughs> it was determined that he was no longer a danger but was mentally ill enough that he had to remain in the current facility. And there's some kind of, I think, no, I go into that in 2004. Fast forward to 2004, Daniel's up for another psychological review to determine if he was still insane. And you're probably wondering, why does this guy keep getting fucking psychological reviews? I thought well, they determined he wasn't insane. They were going to see if they, okay, that's just how they <clears throat> put it on here. Okay. So he's still mentally ill. He's just no longer a danger. Well, New York state law ensures his case gets a jury review to determine his current mental status. He is actually up for review every two years, but his last review was 1995, so apparently they're not doing it every two years. Maybe they don't feel it's necessary. I don't know. Oh, he's doing crazy shit, so they're like, no, he's still batshit. <laughs> well, this review, prosecutors for the state argue that he is still a danger. He's mentally unwell. Well, again, he's found he's no longer a danger but still mentally unwell and again remains at Kirby facility. So they need to make a stamp for this guy that just says still batshit stamp. Stay. Yes and as of <laughs> 2020 I couldn't find anything beyond an article in 2020 that was talking about some nurses that died at the Kirby facility of COVID and they make mention that Daniel Rakowitz they didn't say is still there they just said he was there. That's they a lot of weird questions about what you're gonna do with these bodies. What's for lunch tomorrow? Soup. <laughs> Maligatani. Moving on to meatloaf. This cult info. <laughs> I did some looking into this, and he apparently made this church called Church of the 966. Was that the area code there? No. 966. That was Daniel's interpretation of the biblical mark of the devil. And he would write 966 in chicken's blood on the walls of the places where he practiced. So that's what they were doing with the chicken I mean, blood. Everything else about this guy is ass backwards and mixed around, so it's not surprising that he's got one of those sixes upside down. Oh, and <laughs> to add to this cult, he wanted to have 25 women in it that he controlled, and he had five kids with each of these 25 women so he could create his, quote, master race. The followers. It's a whole lot of incest, that's all I'm saying. Your master race is going to be very incestual, which <laughs> is not surprising for a guy who had a mommy auntie. 
and married a 14-year-old. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm leaving stuff out. There's details or whatever, but this is kind of just where this one took me, and I'm sorry this one's so short, but I wish I kind of had more of the cult stuff, but, like, I started looking into, like, the cult of the real, the church. I'm sorry, the church. Yeah, they never the actually call themselves a cult. A, the realized <laughs> fantasy. The only thing I could really find was that person talked about we smoked weed, we had sex. I mean, that sounds like a realized fantasy. That seems accurate. <laughs> I mean, that part doesn't sound all that bad. I just wonder, are they doing it in the storefront? Like, for... I mean, that's like a lot of people's just everyday lives. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a religion. Those are just hobbies. That sounds. I mean, that's what the Manson family was doing basically <laughs> until shit went south. So you know. And then when I looked more into Daniel. Church of the 966 it was just it seemed like a lot of mad fucking rantings and butchering chickens and and yeah, it seems like he's getting Satanism mixed oh up and there was voodoo. weed smoking and sex in that too I forgot about the weed smoking and sex there's a common denominator there this is the kind of asshole that gives drugs a bad name you know that Congress is going to be like well you know what this guy sold weed and he smoked it relentlessly and now he is turning people into soup we need to make this shit illegal right now or or <laughs> if he runs with a Republican ballot, he'd be fine. They'll just cover it all up. Right, <laughs> it's right. Fine. So that being said, I hope, Danica, that you liked our review of this case. I kind of, like when I first saw this, I thought, oh, it's just, you know, this chick got murdered in the park. And it's like, oh, no. Oh, she got turned into soup. And I'm going to say it's vegetable beef soup because he's got the meat part of it, which is her. He's all he's got to do is just get some vegetables, chop that up. He has a vegetable beef soup. You know, you toss some beef boy on in there. You're never going to know that that's human flesh. Exactly. You're not going to know. It's I don't harder think, to pass it off as chicken. I don't think he's over there making, I mean, it could have been chili. I was going to my money. I'm putting it on like chili mac, like Campbell's chunky chili mac. Could be that too. Soup. What do you say? What I, is your what would what would be the human soup? Human soup. I see. I don't know. Everybody Split says that pea. it's like a pork flavor. So Split bean with pea. bacon. Split pea and <laughs> ham. Yeah. Split pea and ham. Minestrone. <laughs> Nobody likes peas except you. Hey, I like peas. Let's not. Let's not. So two out of three like peas. Yeah. <sighs> How do you feel about human? My wife is all about some peas, all right? Peas are not bad. They get a bad rap. They're good. (laughs) They just... uh, How do you feel about human in your soup, though? I don't want to... I mean, if... Once again, okay, so if it's like the movie Alive yeah. and we're fucking crashed up Starvation in the mountains situation, and I'm the down. people are already dead, sure, but am I going to willingly go out and kill somebody to cook them up when I can just go to the grocery store and buy some ground round? I'm out. I can't. <laughs> I guess I got to give well, him kudos for going with what he knew. It's like, not healthy to eat human flesh either. It's bad for you. Like, it can cause really jacked up shit in your brain. Is it fattening? So, yeah, actually, it's called called Kuru. Yeah, and actually that's from eating brains. So if you eat too much brains, you can get Kuru. So What is Kuru? Kuru is a fucking disease you get from eating too much brains. I guess we got some time. Let's look it up. Yeah, I can also remember the symptoms of it. I was researching We have the age of information here. But yeah, I mean, if if it's an alive situation or a Donner Party situation, it is what it is, man. I gotta do what I gotta do to live. But I'm probably not gonna make a soup out of it i'm just gonna do some rump roast over a campfire you know <laughs> he's going with what he knew man he knew soup well he the... was trying to disguise it and feed it to other people 
So, yeah, yeah I understand the, the soup in his yeah, situation. But, but, but once they had the body cut, they're like, fuck, what are we going to do? And like, what's he know? He knows how to do soup. I want to <laughs> know the guy, okay, if the guy who found the fingertip, if that was really true story. It's a hard peppercorn. Did he fucking continue eating? Did he put his soup down and call it a day? Did he make a scene? Hey, look at this. Obviously, I don't think he made a scene because there was no attention drawn to it that day. Maybe he was like, oh shit, the fucking cook like cut his finger off and it ended up in there. Maybe he didn't think that the whole soup was actually people. See, now I gotta look back and see if he heard the rumors and then he thought about the soup or if... I feel I like I feel like that dude had a total, total like, far of a like that's like a finger to you. <laughs> yeah, fuck it, and just ate it. So kuru is a very rare disease, and it is caused by an infectious protein called prion found in the contaminated human brain tissue. Kuru is found among people of New Guinea who practiced a form of cannibalism in which they ate the brains of the dead people as a part of the funeral ritual. I still feel like it's not healthy to eat other human flesh, especially since they have come up with all these studies about how we all have like mini particles of plastic in us. Yeah, and God knows what she had in her. She was a stripper. <laughs> Don't be giving strippers a Okay, she name. was a former homeless stripper who danced in the park. Okay, she wasn't <laughs> homeless. She moved from, like, she had two different apartments, which they talked about in one of the articles, but her lease was up in one place, so she was looking okay, for you another... You made it sound like she was okay, homeless. No. I was judging this poor girl. No, no she I'm wasn't still judging homeless. her for dating this asshole. She's, I think she kind of, she sounds like she was kind of affluent like her Swiss, I almost said Swedish. What the Swiss. fuck? Swiss. Her Swiss mom kind of sounds like they made a, had a little bit of money. I don't she think went she sideways was sideways with her. She ended up with this fucking wackadoo. Everybody's got a head up their ass face. Some just worse than others. He was a Nazi who was fine with screwing a fourteen-year-old and had an auntie mama. Which no, if I'd have heard did, of Auntie Mama, I probably would have walked away from him then. She did testify as a character witness against him that he has been mentally unwell and a danger for quite some time. Yes, he, we did get married. I was 14. He would rape me. He chained me to the refrigerator when he would leave because he didn't trust me. And, like, you stuck around too long. She was chained to a refrigerator. How could she get away? Not all the time. She had to go strip. <laughs> That's a different person. I'm talking oh. about his 14 year old wife well, now still she's still <laughs> stuck around too damn long just bring the refrigerator to the make it part of the show bro the stripper and the 14 year old wife are two different people they all stuck around too long one was abused and should have got the fuck out of dodge and the other one should never have been with the dude because he's monica amazing. tried to get him out she was like you got two weeks and i'm gonna bang all these fucking dudes in which two weeks okay, that's not so, how you get rid of a crazy person okay so yeah, if your significant other who okay you think is your significant other in your mind she's your significant other and she's like i want you out of here and she does nothing but bang other people in front of you loudly that wouldn't make you want to leave sooner i'm not fucking crazy <laughs> he's no. fucking crazy he probably it's... thought it's okay she's gonna bang everybody else and then i'll still be here it's fine. Like, where's that pipe at? What the hell ever. But she's just as crazy for thinking that that's the solution. This dude was nuts. She should have called the police and been like, he needs 72-hour watch. Watch his ass. He's nuts. And she had, once again, all legal rights to actually have him removed from there because there is no ID or any mail with his name in it because he was just paranoid about having his name on anything legally. And if he was that abusive to the 14-year-old bride, Imagine there's no way he wasn't abusive to her. So she should have called the cops on him a long time before he... 
And well, here's the thing is you keep forgetting. This is a very short timeline. We're talking like they knew each other beforehand, but it was like comings and goings in the park sort of a thing. So you kind of just see the happy side of whatever you want to be shown in those short encounters. However, once they moved in together, it took like two weeks. Shit got weird and crazy and she's banging dudes and he's... (laughs) See, I'm still and... saying banging dudes is not the way to go about it. <laughs> Whether it's two well, years or two adding weeks. Adding more people to this fucked up equation is not the answer. <laughs> so there was a lot of bad decisions made Very, I mean, in this four week period. What did this dude look like? That's what I want to know. He kind of has like not as homely looking but he kind of has a Charles Manson vibe to him. See, so fuck that. You meet so. this crazy looking wackadoo in the park and you're going to go live with him? No, she brought this shit on herself. There he is. Nah, he looks Which, like Jesus. I will be posting <laughs> these pictures in my visual aids on my Facebook and Instagram. He straight looks like Jesus, y'all. <laughs> Well, that's definitely a cult leader. Yeah, why would you move in with this dude? No, no. This looks like a guy that I would expect to see at a Grateful Dead concert. Yeah, he looks, I'm not moving in with that guy. He looks kind of like a uh, yeah, no, indie wrestler no, Chris if you, Hero. If you add a swastika to his forehead, that is Charles Manson. <laughs> he's just Straight missing up. the old swastika tattoo. I thought tattoo. maybe he looked like Ted Bundy. And I was like, all right, he's clean cut, respectable looking. Oh, man, you there's a picture in here no. of him feeding homeless people, too. Oh, I don't I don't care. Oh, wow. Was there was that human soup picture? or? I don't know if that <laughs> was the human soup picture. And he looks similar to this guy? He does look like Chris Hero. For all those wrestling people out there, he looks like Chris Hero. Chris Hero made human soup. Well, that brings this case to an end. Uh, Thank you, Danica, for your awesome request again. You do have some of the most interesting ones. Her last one was The Girl in the Shoot, which was about a girl who decided to jump. Police theorized she killed herself by jumping into a trash chute and plunging 11 floors to her death. That's some Alyssa Lamb type shit. Like, no, that's not realistic. You know what, though? I watched that thing on uh, Alyssa Lamb. It was like some two-part series and they like talk to her sister and her mom and the one miscommunication that blew the whole case out of proportion was when the maintenance man found the tank at the top he found it with the lid off Mm -hmm. well when the police reported to the general public they said that the lid was closed which led people to believe because she had no nothing to stand on to close the fucking lid so somebody had to close it but the lid was off the whole time and was never closed she was under medicated she, she was just crazy, y'all. She was I think she was under medicated. She was having hallucinations. She got in the tank and it's an unfortunate event that happened due to not properly taking your medication. She was trying to turn herself into people soup. That's a whole nother. Which but she kind of did. She did. People were showering and brushing their teeth to that shit. They were and it's like with that. She made herself into people soup. So and it once I again. <laughs> Wow. Thank so, you for listening. More of a Aju. <laughs> Wait, what are you doing next week then? <laughs> what are your plans for the next episode? The next few episodes, let's see, we got uh, some other listener requests. We have a couple of them. Actually, all of them are really good. Everybody who sends in a request, it's something that's either a lot of people getting killed 
or it's just some crazy off the rail shit that it's like, what? I really <laughs> like when I hear shit like this, like if I heard this story today, like if it happened today, I have completely lost faith in humanity. When you... I mean, it's hanging on by a thread as it is. No, I've lost it. It's, it's gone. <laughs> we will be back. Actually, the next few episodes will be listener requests because we've gotten quite a few. So we're going to get those taken care of. If I haven't gotten to you, I definitely will be dropping you a note that says, hey, we have it recorded. We're going to be dropping it. We have the visual aids, blah, blah, blah. Thank you for listening. Appreciate the love and support. And once again, you can see those visual aids on Housewife of Horrors, Instagram, and Facebook. Until then, stay safe.